I'll give it up for them who led us this morning. Appreciate you guys. Hey, listen, you got a Bible with you? Say amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we find ourselves this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. If you're a guest of ours, we're going verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. And right now we are in a series entitled Looking Good. And so what we've realized through our study of Ephesians is that the first three chapters deal primarily with doctrine. So we talked about what God did, which was crazy good for the church. And then we moved to the last three chapters. Those last three chapters deal primarily with what we are to do now with what we know. And really what God desires for you and I to do is look good. In fact, next Sunday, we're going to talk about how the Lord encourages us through Ephesians chapter 4 to take off the old life and put on the new life. And he's actually using the imagery of putting on brand new clothes. So you got this new life to live for the Lord Jesus. So he definitely wants you and I to look good. But just by way of introduction, let me kind of start by asking you a question. Y'all ready for it? Say yes. All right. Y'all ready for it on this side of you? All right. All right. Good deal. So here's the question. Do you know, and I'm pointing at you, did you know that you have the potential to bring about a stronger unity and maturity in our fellowship? That's true, you do. You actually possess the potential to bring about stronger unity at Concord as well as stronger maturity as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know how you do it? You do it through serving the Lord faithfully. Now, here's the interesting thing, right? Your service to the Lord is actually one of those bonding elements in our fellowship. When you serve, you strengthen our unity. You ever heard of Gorilla Glue before? Somebody say amen. Right, I love the commercials, right? The gorilla just shows up with some duct tape. It's actually Gorilla Tape. Forgive me, Gorilla. But he hands it off because it's something there to apply a bond. Well, listen, when you serve, you're like Gorilla Glue in our church body, and you help us grow. And I want you to get your mind and heart wrapped around that. Jesus died so that you could serve in the context of the body. He wants you serving. He doesn't want you to be a spectator at church. He wants you to be a participator. Matter of fact, that's what Paul the Apostle is now saying to those at Ephesus through Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. So let's see how he says it, and we're going to learn together today what God has done to encourage us to serve in the body. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Stand with me out of God's word this morning, and you got it there in front of you. Say amen. Y'all going to have to help me out preach this morning. Y'all with me? Say yeah. All right, good deal. If you don't have it, it's up here on the screens. I know some people don't bring their Bibles. Bucky Kennedy doesn't. Oh, you brought a Bible. Did you find that somewhere? God bless you. All right. Ephesians 4, verse 7. Notice what the Bible says. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, it's talking about Jesus, he led captive, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Notice that little phrase, he gave gifts to men. Verse 9, now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? And he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and some as teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we're no longer to be children, you know, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body 
being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in, what's your Bible say? Yeah, love, love. Let's bow together. Father, uh, we love you because you first loved us. And Lord, we also have this great privilege to experience and express your love right here in the midst of this fellowship as we serve one another. So God, help us to do that faithfully, and I pray for our church body. God, it always seems like VBS week, I preach on serving. And I just, I just love how you sovereignly lay that out. Just a source of encouragement to my heart. I pray it will also be to those many uh, who will be serving throughout this week. And then, God, I just pray for those who haven't yet kind of taken that dive. They haven't really uh, given themselves to serve you through the local church. God, do something in our hearts. Lord, the goal, goal here is not to guilt them to serve because guilt will just wear out. I pray, God, that you would motivate them by the power of your grace and the Holy Spirit at work. And we'll trust you to do it. And that's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So you go ahead and be seated this morning. So Paul, he actually did. I mean, he knew that the unity of the church would be strengthened as every single person used their gift in the fellowship. Look at verse 7 again in your Bible. The scripture says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, I bought an eyeball for just a moment. God's grace not only saves you, but the Bible teaches God's grace also enables you to serve. So that's what he's talking about here. He says, to each one of us, grace has been given. That means every single believer who's a follower of Christ is to function in the body of Christ by the divine enablement given to us by God. So we serve using the gift that he's given to us, no more, no less. Every follower of Jesus, and this is interesting, every follower of Jesus is a gift to the church. Can you do this for me? Hit the person next to you and tell them their gift to the church. Can you do that real quick? Say, you are a gift, all right? You're not wrapped well, but you're still a gift, amen? That's right, you're a gift. All right, y'all settle down. <laughs> it's like, you're a gift, just three words. Somebody's having a conversation. I'm just kidding. All right, so here's the deal. You are a gift to the church. Now, here's the thing. You are also gifted for the church. And as you use your gift, you are a gift. It's a pretty awesome concept here. Matter of fact, when you think about the word gift, just think of this acrostic. The G stands for grace. There is the enablement and empowerment of God in your life to serve within the body. Uh, think of that second letter, I, is important. That is, you have an important role within the body that strengthens our unity and our effectiveness in God's mission to reach others with the gospel. And then the F stands for fit. So you actually fit in the context of the fellowship so that you enable all of us to be strengthened and to be used by God. So you have a place. You fit. You ever put a puzzle together and couldn't find the missing pieces and it just had a hole in the puzzle? Man, we can't stand that puzzle. Listen, God doesn't want our fellowship to have missing holes. That's why you're here, because you have a place and you fit. Now, the T there stands for thrive. As you serve, as you serve within the fellowship, you help us not only experience unity together, but also you help us thrive in maturity as a group. Now, here's a thought, all right? Because I thought this was pretty awesome. As I'm meditating on these passages of Scripture, we're reminded in the first three chapters that God is in the process of bringing us to glorification. So God's taking all of us who know Him to heaven, and we're going to be glorified, given new bodies fit for eternity. Now, glorification means that God's going to make you as much like Him 
uh, without you becoming God as you possibly can be. That's what God's going to do. And then as God does this, he's going to glorify us in heaven. And the Bible says that he is going to give us, the Father is going to give us as a love gift to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what an awesome future you and I have. But what exactly is God doing here upon the earth? You know, that's what's going to happen in heaven. So what's happening here? Well, here's what's happening here. God is going to glorify us in heaven to give us to the Son. But right now, the Holy Spirit is in the process of sanctifying us so that we can be given to one another. So the Spirit of God is sanctifying. He's making us more like His Son, Jesus. And then through that process, we become more loving. And then as a result, we become more serving. So we are love gifts to one another by the Holy Spirit. This is what God's doing in your life. It's also what He's doing in my life. Now, God really does want to encourage us through this text of Scripture that we would serve. So how does he do that? You know, what encouragement do we receive concerning what God has done so that we can serve? Three major things we find here in the text. All right, so jot these down. Here goes the very first one. I want you to know that God freed you so that you can serve in the body and celebrate his victory. Now, check this out. God freed you to celebrate his victory by serving. Now, we see this clearly in the text, all right? So look in your Bible, verses 8 through 10. The Bible says, therefore it says, by the way, he's quoting uh, Psalm chapter 68 here. When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean? Except that he had also descended into the lowest parts of the earth. And he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. Now, what's happening here? Because Paul is actually giving you and I an awesome word picture in the text. Now, most of us have seen movies, or maybe you've actually experienced it before, but movies like pirate movies, right? where pirates have some friends that have maybe been taken captive by another group. And so what do they do? They go in to where that group is located, where their friends are being held captive, and they ransack the place. And as a result of ransacking the place, they free up their friends. And then following that freedom, they begin to have just a huge party. And you know what they're partying with? They're partying with the loot. Y'all know what loot is? It's pirate's booty. It's everything that you found, and then they take that, and they, do y'all know what I'm talking about, or am I just talking to myself, right? This happens, right? You've seen it. So the pirates are on there, and they're clinking their glasses together, glasses of water, and they're throwing up all the silver and all the gold, and they're like, check this out. I've got this. I'm taking this. This is mine. And as they celebrate in victory, they're using the gifts that they have discovered. Now, Paul wants us to have this imagery in mind. When you and I are born, we are held captive to two uh, captors, all right? Those two are sin and death. So every single one of us are bound up in our sin. Every single one of us are held captive by death. Death is looming over us. And death is not only spiritual death, meaning we don't have a relationship with God, but it also speaks of eternal death, which means without God, we spend eternity separated from him in hell experiencing death. But here's what God did. God saw us in our state. And like a pirate, he said, I'm going I'm to go in there and I'm going to free them from sin and death. And how did he do it? Well, he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came to the earth, did what you and I could not do for ourselves. He lived a sinless life. And then the Bible says that Jesus went to the cross at Calvary. And on the cross at Calvary, Jesus died for our sin. 
And there on the cross, God the Father was treating Christ the Son as if he committed every sin of every person who's ever uh, breathed the breath of life. And then Jesus died for our sin, and then the Bible says that he was buried. And you know what was happening there? As Jesus was buried, he was actually freeing us from our two greatest enemies, sin and death. And that death was actually overwhelmed as Jesus was raised from the dead three days later. And then the scripture says Jesus ascended into the heavens. And that's what the picture is in the text. He descended into the lowest parts of the earth. That's his death and burial. He ascended. That's his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And then what did he do? Well, after we've been set free, then Jesus gave us the loot. Jesus gave us gifts. And just like pirates are all celebrating, clinking their glasses together as a result of their victory, when you really experience victory in Jesus Christ, you're set free from your sin. You're set free from the death which loomed over your life. And now you are free to do what? To exercise the gifts that he has given to you. To use the loot that he's placed in your life. And as you serve, you are actually celebrating the victory that Christ has given to you. Everybody following me on this? It's tremendous. So think about it like this. Whenever you're serving this week, Vacation Bible Schoolers, you know what you're doing? You're clanking your glasses together. Can I get a witness on that? You're throwing up the gifts, man. You're like, check this out. And the reason that you're doing it is because you are free to do it. Because before you are set free by Jesus, you are bound up in your sin. And when you're bound up in your sin, you know what you are? Selfish. And you know what selfish people do? Well, they don't serve. They don't reach out to others. They're selfish. And then you have death looming over your life. So you have no purpose or no hope. But when you come to faith in Jesus, you're freed up, unbound to do what? To use your gift. And as you use your gift, you're actually experiencing not death, but the life that God had for you. That's what God wants to do in your life. So think about the pirates again. Y'all still with me? I love that analogy better than you, apparently. But I do, I love that analogy. Could you imagine if the pirates came in and they set, you know, the captives free and they were in there celebrating, ar, ar, and they're all throwing their stuff around, right? And then could you imagine if there was one who was set free, but he just sat there and the pirate was like, oh, I got you some gifts, my man. <laughs> That's my very best pirate impression. But anyway, so I got you. Could you imagine if he just looked at him and was like, whatever, man, right? We would say, what is wrong with that? You've been set free, man, celebrate. When you are in a church, but you're not serving, that's what you're like. You're like that person who has been apparently so-called set free, but you're not doing anything. You're not using the gifts that God gave to you. You're totally missing out on the celebration. God freed you, and I'm doing this on purpose because you were bound in sin before, but he freed you so that your hands can now serve. So celebrate what the Lord has done in your life by serving in the context of the body. If you're not doing it, get after it, man. If you are, keep on keeping on. You're doing an awesome job. Now, here's the second thing. Jot this one down. God not only freed you to celebrate his victory by serving, but also God gives you support to keep on serving. So he gives you some great support to keep on serving. Look at your Bible, verse 11. Scripture says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, Paul here describes people who are actually given to the church as gifts, check this out, to help support them. So you got apostles and prophets. Now these are New Testament 
offices that were granted by God for a season to establish the foundation of the church, the foundation of the faith. Those apostles, that word literally means one who is sent. These apostles in the New Testament were individuals, according to the Bible, who had actually seen the resurrected Lord with their eyes. So they went forth with the apostleship to establish the foundation of the New Testament church. Now, prophets were individuals also who worked closely alongside these apostles, and they helped also lay the foundation of the family of God. Then Ephesians 2 and 20, the Bible says this, and it reminds us that apostles and prophets laid the foundation and they brought stability to the church. And now those who are helping bring support in our current day are the other three offices, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Now, an evangelist is a gift for the church's support. They're considered bearers of the good news. Uh, matter of fact, apostles and prophets lay the foundation, evangelists, they take the good news out into the world, and they proclaim the message of freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Evangelists want to get other people involved in the celebration. So they're inviting people, they're warning people of sin, inviting them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is their calling. That's what they do. So that's an office in the context of the church. So I'm fired up about it this morning. Again, y'all know God's sovereign, amen? All right, so this morning we've got a, uh, an evangelist with us, Bucky Kennedy. Bucky has just left the pastorate over from First Baptist Vidalia, sensing God calling him to be an evangelist. So he's going to go around and do exactly what I just said that evangelists do. So that's his calling. He's here this morning. Y'all give it up for Mr. Bucky Kennedy, who's here today. Amen. So we appreciate his service, but those, that's a gift to the church. Now, also, we see here pastors are a gift to the church. Can I get a witness? <laughs> pastors are individuals who shepherd the flock, right? So we're here to guide you in the truth, and then check this out, and we're here also to help you find your gift and serve in the body. Teachers do the same thing. Matter of fact, many scholars actually put pastors and teachers right here together as one single office, pastor-teacher. I think there's probably a separation, but I'm not going to argue that this morning, but that's the deal. So we got teachers who are doing the same thing. They're getting the truth out, helping the body grow and actually mature. So that's the purpose, stability and direction so that, look at verse 12, you will be equipped, and this is awesome, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. So again, the primary function of the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, is to actually help those in the fellowship, coach them up so that they can, listen, serve and do the work of the ministry. Now this is pretty huge, right? Matter of fact, Warren Wiersbe says it like this, and I quote, the saints, that is the followers of Jesus, do not call a pastor and pay him to do the work of ministry. That's not what they do. They call him, they follow the leadership of the pastors, and through the word, they are equipped to do the work of the ministry. Now, I think this is awesome. Matter of fact, uh, the members of the church grow by feeding on the word and ministering to one another. So this is huge, right? So a church doesn't call a pastor teacher, doesn't call an individual and pay that person to do all of the ministry. No, no, no. The, curse, the person calls them. They are employed by the church body to help the church body do the work of the ministry. Y'all with me say amen? Now, that doesn't mean we're lazy. Can I get a witness, right? We serve as well. We use our gifts. But our primary function as pastors, teachers, as evangelists is to help you find your area of service, get plugged in, and do what God's called you to do. And the reason that you do that, and I love the text, 
The reason you do that is so that you might build up the body of Christ. And then notice also verse 13, because it goes further, until we all attain the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, I bought an eyeball because this is huge. Whenever you are serving, you are helping us as a fellowship actually attain the unity of the faith. When you choose not to serve, you're not helping us do it. But the Lord says he wants us to attain unity in the faith. And when you serve, you're helping us do that. And at the same time, you're actually helping us grow in our knowledge of the Son of God. Now check this out because I think this is awesome. Whenever you serve in the body of Christ, you are an expression of the love of Jesus to other people in this body. So if I want to grow in my knowledge of God's love, what do I need to do? I need to get around you, exercising your gift. So as you exercise and use your gift, I'm getting to know more of God's love. As I exercise and use my gift, you are getting to know more of God's love. And how do we do this? We do this only through service. Listen, eyeball to eyeball. You can walk around and talk about how you love the church all day long, how you love Jesus all day long. But if you aren't serving, then you're just chatting. Listen, if a husband says to his wife, honey, I love you, but he never serves her, then all he's doing is just, he's just chatting. No, no, no. How does a wife really know that a husband loves her? Is it through his words or through his actions? Yes, yeah, through his actions. So whenever you say, I love the church and I love Jesus and I want to express that, it's more than just talk. It's actually saying, I want to serve. I want to use the gift that God has given to me. And listen, as you do that, I get to know more of God's love. And as you do that and I do that, we all mature, the Bible says. We mature as a man. Now, prior to that, what were we? Before being a man, what are you? I mean, it's a question. Y'all help me out. Yeah, before you're a man, you're a what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all still, or y'all, y'all, y'all are... Are y'all in church right now? I feel like y'all just y'all got up and left. Listen, before you're a man, you're a what? You are a boy. Very good. Class. <laughs> y'all are some, I mean, y'all are some bright ones. All right, so what do you say? You're, you're a boy. That's right. Now, when you are a boy, you are selfish. When you are a child, you are selfish. Have you ever tried to take a lollipop out of a kid's hand before? Yeah, you pull back a nub, don't you? That's what happens, right? The, the kid's like, boom, I will bite your hand off. Right? <laughs> Listen, that, that's what happens sometimes in the context of a church. People come in and they're selfish. And they think everything revolves around them. And they want it their way. They want to lick their own lollipop. And if you try to reach out there and you try to mess with what's going they get all crazy. Are y'all listening? And they think everything should revolve around them. But that's not what God intends. That's not how God's laid out the church. This is not a place for you to come in and think everybody should serve you. It's like, nobody said they missed me last week. Settle down, man. Right? I mean, who did you say you missed last week? You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, bro. Everybody gets so selfish and so self-centered. It's like, hey, what's going on? Listen, when you are unselfish. You come in saying, where can I help? What can I do? How can I serve? That's what God desires. That's what God sent Jesus to free you from sin and death to do, that you might serve. Listen, some of you aren't knowing your purpose and significance here on the earth because you're not serving in the body. Listen, God redeemed you. Jesus gave you gifts. He's like, I'm going to give you this gift. And when you use this gift, you're going to know life. But as long as you bury that gift, as long as you hide that gift, you're going to miss out on what I really have for you. That's the truth, man. 
listen, uh, you know, God's given uh, spiritual gifts to me, and one of the gifts is, is a speaking gift. I know it might not be impressive to you, but blame it on the Lord. Can I get a witness, right? Well, that's it. But before I ever stood up and began to exercise that speaking gift as a teenager, you, you know what? I, I didn't want to get up and talk in front of people. Scared to death. Still am, a little bit. But the reality is when I get up and I begin to do what God's called me to do, that's where I experience life. And some of you aren't experiencing that. And I'm here saying, man, I want you to know that. You're missing out. So serve. You plugged in. You got support from those who are evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All right, I got to go to the last point here. Here it is. God gives us each other so we can grow in love. So we can grow in love. And I dig how Paul the Apostle actually does this, right? He lays it out, first of all, saying that we can stay grounded together as we mature. That's verse 14. He says, as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Eyeball to eyeball. Here's what the enemy loves to do. The enemy loves to throw in false teaching to a fellowship. And hopefully that false teaching, like a wind, will catch the sails of some believers and steer them off course for what God really desires for them. Right? The gospel is so clear. You're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. You can't be saved by what you do. There were Judaizers coming in to many of the churches that Paul had planted after he left. And they were saying, listen, you can't just be saved by trusting Jesus. You also got to do this and this. You got to be circumcised. You got to have these uh, certain celebrations, certain festivals. You got to celebrate these days. And, and Paul's like, no, 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 that's not how you're born again. Paul says, oh, that's like cow dung in comparison to knowing Jesus. You're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's how you're saved. But individuals love to come into churches and try to steer them off course. Because think about it. If you're saved by what you do and not by what Christ has done, what does church become all about? It becomes all about you bragging on what you've done. It becomes you saying, well, I've done this. Have you done this? Have you done Bless his heart. Muhammad Ali just died. And I saw a little special last night right before I went to bed. And here's what his wife said about him said all throughout his life, at the end of his life, he was signing all of these autographs for as many people who would show up, and he would do them for free because, quote her, those were good deeds he was trying to do so that he might attain heaven. Listen, you're not saved by doing things. Saved by grace through faith. Make sure the wind of the gospel is what's got your sails and nothing else. And when the wind of the gospel has your sails, that will put you in service for the furtherance and the maturity of the kingdom of God. So that's what we're called to do, every single one of us. Now we go a step further here. We also see in verse 15 that Paul encourages us to walk in the truth. The Bible says, speaking the truth in love. We're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So check this out. We gather together. Everybody with me? Because I really do. I want you to go in my mind, which could be scary, but come here for a second, all right? We gather together as a fellowship, right? And as we gather together, we're like, we've all been freed by Jesus, free from sin and death. Let's celebrate. All right, here's how I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to use my gift. How are you going to celebrate? You're going to use your gift. That's right. And as you do that, we start growing. And as we grow, we get to know more of God. And then we speak the truth to one another because we are motivated by love. 
that we want to help each other. I want you to be the best follower of Jesus you can possibly be this side of heaven. I want you to want me to be the best follower of Jesus I possibly can be this side of heaven. So how do we do that? We speak the truth to each other. We encourage one another. We sharpen one another. We love one another. We serve one another. And as we do that, the Bible says we all mature together. Listen, if you're not involved in that, you're missing the whole point of what Jesus died for. He died to set you free, man. He died to set you free. Not so you could just stand around and show up in church at 11 o'clock or 9.30 every Sunday. He died to set you free so you could serve. So, so I, I should have made the point. Get your glasses a clinkling. Are y'all hearing me, Rachel? Yeah, put them together, man. Serve. Listen, here's the thing too, right? When I know somebody loves me and has my best interest at heart, even when they have to share truth that is very difficult, Maybe they've got to share a blind spot with me and say, Levi, I want, to, I want to warn you about this. Levi, you didn't see this, but here's how it could be perceived. When they share, if they love me, I receive that. Because I know they actually have my best interest at heart. And listen, those are the kinds of relationships you want to build in the context of the body of Christ. Because that's what helps you grow. So we speak the truth together in love. Let me give you this last little deal here. Look at verse 16. The Bible says, from whom... Uh, that is Christ, from Jesus, the whole body, that's us, from Jesus, we are fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Now, that's you, you're one of the joints, according to the proper working of each individual. And again, that's a reference to you, serving, working. And then he goes on and says, it causes the growth of the body, that's us again, for the building up of itself in love. What an awesome picture, man. That's what we do. We just help each other grow and build each other up in love and Man, we honor Jesus through our service. Listen to uh, what Paul says in Corinthians. He said, and he had a speaking gift, right? He says, if I speak with the tongues of men or even the tongues of angels, but I don't have love for you, then I have become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. So what, is, what does this mean? This means the motivation of our service is our love for one another. And as we truly love each other, we serve. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. You can measure your maturity as a follower of Jesus by how much you love others. And you can measure how much you love others by how much you serve others. So if you lack serving, it's because you lack love. And if you lack love, we could go to Galatians 5 and ask whether or not you really are of the faith. Because if you really have faith in Jesus, it's going to express itself in love. And that love is going to show up in how you serve. Jesus said to his disciples, everybody know that you're mine by how you love each other. But before he said that, you know what he did? He got down on his knees and he washed his disciples' feet. What was he doing? He's serving. He said, I love you. Let me serve you. And then he says, I want you to do the same thing. And that's what he's doing with us. So he's redeemed us. He's freed us up. Now he's like, just love each other. Y'all out there, yeah? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? You know why so many churches are dead and dying? Because they don't love each other. Because they're not serving each other. That's why they're making no impact in their culture. It's because whenever people see those churches that aren't loving and serving one another, they see people who are just like them. It's like, why waste our time on Sunday? They're just like us. 
But when we go head over heels, bending over backwards to serve one another because we love each other, we're not only expressing our love for Jesus, but we're also evangelizing a community. Y'all out there? A lot of verses just came into my head. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. There it what? And they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. When you serve, and I serve, and you serve, and you serve, and you, we're all lighting up our flame. You can't hide that. Now, I got some questions for you. Y'all still my friends? That's my first question. All right, y'all still my friends? So, so I want you to just assess yourself. I, I put these questions on me as uh, personal questions. So I studied the text. I wrote them down for me. But you ask the same question to yourself. Here's the first question I ask myself. Uh, do I celebrate my freedom in Jesus by serving? Do I celebrate? That's really either I either am or I'm not. Am I celebrating my freedom in Jesus by serving? Here's the second question I ask. Am I allowing my spiritual life to be supported by sound biblical teaching and training? Now, that's interesting, right? Because that was an interesting question for me because I'm a preacher, right? So that means, what does this mean? This means for me as a follower of Jesus, I've got to find support as well, right? I need to be supported. I need to have the truth taught to me. So I do. I spend time in the Word daily. I have individuals that I listen to preach on a very regular basis who are investing in me. They don't even know they're doing it, but they're doing it. So that, are you on? Are you doing that? I mean, getting in environments where you're being supported by the truth. Here's the third question. Am I connected to others in the fellowship? Am I connected to others in the fellowship? Because here's the thing. And you got to give me your eyeballs again. All right, I'm closing this down. But you got to hear this. Listen, you can't serve in a body if you're not connected to the body. So if you're just kind of a, uh, and I'm just, I'm going to be nice, but I'm going to say it straight. Y'all with me say yeah? If you're just kind of one of those people that's just kind of hopping around from church to church every other Sunday, you've got to find a place to serve. You're not expressing celebration. You're not experiencing the freedom that Christ set you free to experience. He wants you to serve. Find a body, plug in and serve. If it's here, great. If it's not, we want to help you find somewhere. We will. We will. We will. We'll help you. <laughs> Y'all look like I'm crazy. That's so true. You got to be connected, man. If you're not connected, I'm just telling you, I'm trying to encourage you. You got to get connected. Listen, don't be motivated to serve by guilt. Be motivated by the fact you love God and you love his people. That's what keeps you moving. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to hearts even now. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Listen, when I study the word, I like to pray it into my life, what God's teaching me. So, so let me see if I can kind of lead you through that for a moment. You're here this morning, and you just got to pray these things in. Just, just pray it in. Say, Lord, I want to celebrate your freedom by serving. Just tell them, Lord, I want to celebrate your freedom by serving. Now, if that means you're not serving anywhere now, but you need to find a place, but like, Lord, help me to find a place. And then here's another one. Uh, just pray this one in. Say, Lord, I want to find support for my service by getting involved where good, sound, Biblical teaching is occurring. 
And then here's another one. Pray this one into your life. Just say, Lord, I want to be connected to a fellowship so that I can experience your love and express your love. Now, for some of you, that means perhaps the Lord's challenging you to join this church body this morning. Like I said, if it's Concord, we'd love for you to come during our invitation in just a moment. You say, Levi, this is where I want my family or I, as an individual, I want to plug in. I want to be a part of this church. I'm going to invite you to come in just a minute. Listen, if it's not here and the Lord's really not encouraging you to do that, but it's somewhere else, then listen, I want you to find, I want you to get there. I want you to get there. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, the entirety of this message is directed towards those who are followers of Jesus. Well, some of you here, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Matter of fact, you probably are of a very common opinion that if you're good enough, you'll go to heaven. Well, listen, nobody's good enough. We've all sinned, the Bible says, and fallen short of God's standard. The payment of our sin is death and hell. That's what we all deserve. But God graciously sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross. Again, he was buried and raised, sent it into the heavens. Man, he, he wants to set you free, and then he wants to give you some gifts so you can be used in the body, the, his body. So some of you need to respond to Jesus today. You just need to give your life to him. You know, the Bible says, whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're here today and you need to make that decision, then I'd encourage you right where you are. Just pray something like this. As I pray out loud, just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm not good enough to know you, not good enough to get into heaven. But I realize that today. And I realize that Jesus died for me on the cross. And Jesus was raised again. So today I'm asking you to forgive me and give me new life. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if that's the prayer of your heart, listen, the first step of obedience is baptism. And we don't baptize people because we're Baptists. We baptize people because Jesus told us to. So we'd encourage you, if you have given your heart to Jesus this morning, uh, man, you just walk forward in a moment. When we stand to our feet and begin to sing, I'll be here in the front, others as well. We want to pray for you, help you along in your walk with Christ. Had a family join last service. Listen, maybe God's calling you to join this morning. Father, the invitation is yours. Uh, the word... Uh, has been preached. So I just ask God that you would help us by the Spirit to apply what we've learned in our day-to-day -day lives. And we'll give you glory for it. And that's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's stand to our feet. As we sing, you come this morning.